Hey guys, if you can think about how you found this podcast, maybe it's on Instagram or TikTok, maybe someone shared it with you. I don't run ads for the show or have sponsorships, so the only way this grows is through word of mouth. If this was valuable for you in any way, my only ask is if you could share this with someone who you think would help their investing journey or business. Thanks a lot, and let's get to the episode. Welcome back to SDR Like the Best. I'm your host, Michael Chang. It's my great pleasure to welcome a fellow short-term rental couple, Sonny and Jordan Alexander from sunny Tampa, Florida. Sonny and Jordan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. Thank you guys for taking the time today. So you guys are based in Tampa. I want to just give you a chance to introduce yourselves. Sonny, you want to go first? Sure. Sonny Alexander. I, I'm a broker here in Tampa. I started real estate back in 2006, seven, uh, as soon as I got out of the army. And I did a lot of sales. Uh, Jordan, I supported Jordan during his military career. He finally got out after 22 years. After that, we decided that we were bored and we bought a property management franchise, uh, PMI South Tampa. And we've started that business here in Tampa, gosh, 18 months ago. And it's been a roller coaster of acquiring properties, adapting them, and now managing the short-term rental space, which we all know is a bit chaotic. So I wear I wear two or three hats. One is sales, one is short-term rentals, and one is, I don't even know, like just keeping it all together. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. You, you, you sound like a busy day. <laughs> you, yes. your, day your days are very busy. Jordan, how about I, you? You can't get bored. <laughs> So my name is Jordan Alexander. I'm a realtor here in Tampa. That's fairly recent for me. I retired not too long ago from around 22 years of uh, service. I was an Army Special Forces guy. I had a wonderful career. It was a great time for me. And as Sunny said, she sacrificed a lot to be able to support that. And then like most military people that are transitioning out, whether retirement or after a shorter stint, there's a bit of a uncoupling from the institution as you unpack and figure out what who you are and what you want to do. For me, I took some time to grab my MBA. And while I was doing that, I was making the big decision. Do I go corporate America? Do I stay DOD? What's my space? What's my next chapter? And it was really clear to me after some reflection that what I really loved about the military was mission I believed in. I loved having a team, a small team of people that I trusted. And that's what I was looking for. And suddenly I realized we have that. that. That was us. There's nobody I know that I trust as much. And there's something about community, real estate, investment, and specifically in the, the property management space for potential for passive growth of income and revenue that really caught our attention. And then it became, let's build a family business. So our choice after she sacrificed a long career to put my career first, because the military moves you a lot, was to put her career first. And now I've got that rare opportunity of being able to see a spouse crushing it. And unless you're married to a professional athlete, it's rare you get to see your significant other like doing what they do and she's incredibly gifted. So I feel fortunate to play a bit of a supporting role, bringing my background to bear in our small team and helping our sort of business and our vision grow and hopefully build something that we can pass on to our daughter someday if she chooses to take this path. So that's how we got, got to where we are. That's great. That's a fantastic story. And it really resonates with me and how I built my business with my wife, Liz. We have a daughter as well, much younger than yours. So we have a lot long, longer road, uh, run with managing a two-year-old and, and growing a business. But yeah, I definitely want to unpack and, and talk about the topic at hand today, like how you guys built your business as 
a married couple and how the you both are service members or former service members and how that has colored your journey into building your short-term rental business. Lots lot to talk about. But before I start here, I was going to ask, I was going to ask my favorite question, my second favorite question. Do you have a short-term rental story or short-term rental guest story that you'll regale us with, Sunny? It has to do with adapting a property. It was our personal property and we essentially needed a new sofa. And we thought we could make do with the sofa that was in there, but at the day the guest was, our first guest was coming in, we're like, script, we're gonna get a sofa, it's go time. So what we found, long story short, is a sofa would not fit through the door of the unit. Mm -hmm. So we, I was in jeans, I was with my business partner, Mike Bim, the sofa delivery guy came, that was another whole story to get the sofa up the stairs. But Mike and I realized that it was virtually impossible to get this sofa inside the unit because of the doorway and the turn. And we were out in the hallway for five hours just trying to figure out this puzzle. And we, I was in jeans. I, I wasn't dressed to do this type of situation that we had at hand. At the end of the day, we had to completely dismantle the sofa and we brought it in piece by piece. And then I had to run to Lowe's and get the pieces so it wouldn't fall, fall apart if anyone sat on it. <laughs> and this all transpired. We started this project of fit the sofa into the condo at 11 a.m. The guest was checking in at four. This is our first guest in this specific unit. This is my own property. It was, there was a lot on the line, but it, we got it in. We got the sofa in. Mike and I always say that's when you have points in your relationship with your friends or your business partner or even your spouse where you go through something and you're still friends with them at the end. <laughs> that really t tells you a lot about that relationship. But yeah. Mike and I, like it, we just, it, they, we would go back and forth. This is not going to happen. We're not going to get in there. And the other one's like, all right, Mike, it has to get it. We have no choice. The Good. sofa has to get in the property. <laughs> so needless to say, we did get the sofa in. It's still in the property. You can still sit it, on it. As it a, is it breaking? No, <laughs> okay. it's sturdy as all can be. But it was just one of those things where you're, you think such a simple task can derail your entire like day. And it, it's just, we still make comments on it. Uh, Mike and I, when we're reminiscing about like the sofa, like huh. we got the sofa in there, we can do just about anything. But it really, <laughs> for me, Mike is our, like I said, our business partner. He is near and dear to our heart, him and his, his wife, Lisa. But it really, it just showed, it, it just made our relationship better because we both, the, the option of failure, it, it's not there. We, and I say this to Jordan all the time, like when we first started, what happens if we fail? It's not going to happen. So that's the approach we took with the, the sofa. Like we have to get in the sofa in there. So we got to figure it out. So it was a great day. I was definitely tired <laughs> and sweaty and smelly and grumpy, but it was a good day for the team and the sofa and the guests. Yeah. And you look, you got it through. And that was the first, that was your first, and I'm sure not your last hurdle in building a short terminal business. It's, there's always something that can happen. I, I thought you were going to say Jordan came and broke down the door and. No, it was, <laughs> nope. Jordan was. was <laughs> can I add a little bit of flavor to that? Yeah. Tie it back a little bit to your question about the, the role the military has played for us and some of our outlook. 
So, so Mike is, he was an army guy and he and his wife both served. They left, their last assignment was at West Point. So they were teaching at the U.S. Military Academy, which is a pretty pristine assignment. Mike was an investor while he was in the military. He was actually connected to Sunny through West Point Connections. She represented him in purchasing some investment homes. Their plan was to relocate to Tampa, but they started doing short-term rentals in Tampa. They were doing it from West Point remotely. So he built a wow. sort of range of experience and we developed a good relationship just as you tend to do. But what I saw with Mike was kindred spirit and just that sort of sense of problem solving mentality and Sunny saying, just going to get it done, going to get the mission done. And that to me is the space. It's always about these micro problems, big to small, but it's every day is about problem solving, really working autonomously with minimal guidance, understanding a general intent and direction, having a common shared vision and then getting after it. That was Mike and Sonny are so similar in their approaches, very aggressive, very make it happen, very tactical in mindset. So I always loved that story. And where was I was nowhere to be seen, no help, just uh, telling them to hurry up and <laughs> get it done. But that idea of building a team around common sense of service and problem solving and the just a, a general sense of ethical value. That was a big part of the reason why for us being military centric, at least in terms of team formation and a lot of our market, uh, that's why that was the, our experiential why behind it. And it's yeah. just an easy team to believe in. Look, it's great when you have a well of shared experiences that you, know, you guys, so ex-army, I know Sunny was, she was ex-West ex Point was too. I was yeah, in army for a shorter time period than Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, but so you guys, you're drawing on this wall of shared experience and values and how mm. that has, I want to, and that's where I want to dive into, like, how has that, let's start with the military background first, and then let's go to, to, to your relationship and how that's helped you guys build your short terminal business. How has the military network helped you guys in building your real estate business broadly and your short term rental business more specifically? You want me to start, Sonny? Yeah, but I wanted to clarify your question. You mean the, as far as building the business or bringing customers on like how we are getting our business or just both how, however you however you like to okay like to. okay i'll, I'll ahead, start with a little bit of a background piece of that a big part of military life is just you're moving you're relocating you go with the needs of the service and that comes with a lot of relocation we were pretty lucky in the special operations community you tend to stay in one place a little bit longer there's only so many places those kind of specialties go but you're still a lot of moving and the normal that's not even normal. What we try to encourage and what you see more mature and sophisticated military members doing is becoming investors because you're moving into a town, you're there for a couple of years, you have phenomenal tools like VA loan, et cetera, and then you buy a home for your family, then you move. But then you either choose to sell or you can leave that as an investment property. And we, for that period of time, that's what we were doing. We were, Sunny was in real estate, but she had to relocate every so often, recreate business. But when we move, we would keep the property and then we would rent it typically long-term. And we ran into all the normal challenges of managing your own property, your own investment when you're remote and you're trying to do it from far away. And how do you find someone you can trust? How do you overcome all those problems? And that was our first sort of decision set when we looked at creating a family business. We knew we wanted to get into investing we had to answer the question, do we manage ourselves, or do we pay someone to do that? What's the pain threshold? Do we care about money or time? Or we went through all that normal calculation and we decided we, we have some experience here. Let's go ahead and make that a core competency of our business. And then we'll also manage for other people. So it's not just our investments. 
the initial plan was long-term, but when we started looking at the space due to relationships with people like Mike and others, short-term just caught our imagination. It just seemed faster paced, more exciting. The ROI was higher. Obviously the risk is something else, but it seemed more exciting. And I would say there's probably a bit of a stigma in Tampa anyway, in the real estate community about property management. And short-term is less of a stigma because the properties tend to be a little bit higher end or for whatever reason. So they also make, they, yeah, I mean, they also make a lot more money. Than they make a lot more money. Three, <laughs> yeah. three, yeah, the, three to four X of short-term rentals. Actually, let me, the break-even made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. The math is really, the math is really compelling. You don't need to be a finance person to, when, when you see 30% returns versus 8% returns. Yeah. Like, okay, let me, let's try to figure this out. How many, just for the audience, how many properties do you guys have for short-term, your short-term rental property portfolio we, under your company? Right now we are hovering at 30, a little bit above, a little bit below, as some of the properties are likely going to go off the short-term market and go to long-term. We've, we've got some students coming in that are going to have a mid to long-term. We've got one owner we managed for that may be selling. We had mm -hmm. a condo or a duplex that now is going to be listed as a single property, but roughly 30 is where we're sitting. And that's a mix between managing for owners and investors and then our own investment. And then also recently, thanks to some conversations and guidance from you or we're getting into that that strange space of the, the arbitrage world so we'll see how, <laughs> we'll see how that works out for us but so far the experience has been really good and that's a, a quadplex excellent out of the 30 just give a quick breakdown out of the 30 how many are managed for uh third parties that you don't uh, have an ownership? Uh, all but three three okay all so but three, 27 yeah. We, yeah. so you have you i'm have sorry two? not counting the oh. i'm a little bit the quadplex, which we are essentially renters for as we arbitrage, we consider ourselves for us. Yeah. So then that would make that number six. Six. Okay, good. Yeah. Look, yeah. arbitrage, like it's the way I think about it is just what properties do you control, right? If you right. own it, you're paying the lender, unless it's free and clear. If you're yep. renting, you pay the landlord. For, for me, that, that was always where I didn't want to have another. I was still co-hosting or co-hosting slash property management. Fundamentally, you have a boss again. Like you have, and no matter if they're your friend, they're a classmate, service service mate, whatever it is. Fundamentally, you are working for them, right? Like they, like you get a fee. You have to quote unquote answer to them. It's not, not, not all your not, risk. Exactly. Yep. Yep. You have to, if you want to do something, you have to ask, oh, hey, we want to get a couch. They're paying for it. So you have to ask that decision. Actually, let me dig in that a little bit. How do you see like the different, how do you see the difference between managing for others versus what you own? And then you're know, quad right now that I think you've been running for maybe a month or so. Like just first reactions, like how, like how has that experience been different? So for me, and I'll let Sunny pile on that to this, but I'm, my military background makes everything a question of risk, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And there's always a question of who, who owns that risk. And so when I'm managing on behalf of someone else, it doubles down. I am making as much decisions as I can on behalf of that owner, but ultimately it's the owner's risk, mm -hmm. which means my return is not nearly as much as it would be if it was all mine, understandably, but it also means the long-term risk really is theirs. So what I don't like about it is there are decisions that I would make that I think are fundamentally the best thing for the property itself, for both its cash flow, even their financial goals and objectives, but ultimately I have to defer to what they want. And that requires us to be very in tune with the wants and needs of the owners. And we perceive that like in the military speak, that would be like a commander. The commander has an intent. Some commanders are hands-on, some commanders are hands-off, but you have to get to know the needs of the commander and you tailor your management style to that owner because it's their equity when it's ours. So we find we can provide, we tend to have better ratings with ours. We can, we can give back more. We can be less bottom line and more about service because we are 
ultimately the one that received the the, the gain of it. And yeah. then between all of those, it's still our brand. So if we have an owner that's unforgiving and unwilling to pay anything back or wants to defer expenses and it turns into a bad guest experience, it's, it's our that's our part of the risk. So selecting the, the right owner. Who's the commander of the of your on the the six of yours? Who's the commander? I want to know this. Who's the, you or Sonny? Who's the commander? Or is it like I, a? There's only two of you guys, so someone has to be the commander. Yeah, I what think, do you think it really has to do. I think it has to do with what the problem is at hand. Jordan is definitely. I've I'm not in the weeds like he is on the short term rental space because I I don't respond well to that to like guest complaints. <laughs> so he. But I have found Jordan is artful. And if you've got to think about his, he was in the military for 22 years, but he was in the special forces arena for 15, 16 years. That included interrogating people overseas. That included tense conversations. And I've seen it translate into guests and how he's been able to negotiate these guests and communicate in such a way where it has talked them down from the ledge. And it's been really cool to see that. As far as guest relations, Jordan is, he's hes a teddy bear, but like a tough teddy bear. And as far as, I guess, I don't even know the short-term rental space. I'm really not, I don't think I'm the commander in much. I identify a property I think we should acquire. I think that's where I, I come in and any design choices. But the day-to-day, that's Jordan. And it's, he needs to, I'm telling you, he needs to open a, a consulting business on calling Airbnb and getting bad reviews mo- removed. That, <laughs> that is a gift and he has it. And talking to the guests and negotiating with these guests, it's just been really cool to see how interrogating a terrorist is really close to talking with the guests sometimes. And it, it's been cool to see. Man, I, what do I sign up? I got I want the Jordan Master class uh, of negotiation. I, ca- I don't pass out compliments easy. I Seriously, if this is recorded, I hope we had good reception because Sonny calling me a commander ever is not yeah. something that I have. And the only thing I would add to that was like, I approach this kind of like a special operations, a very small team focused. That's not big formations and tanks and stuff. So it's very personality based, but the model is always the same. You may have a senior ranking person, but depending upon the tactical situation, the person best positioned or the right experience is like the ground force commander you defer to the best operator for the for that particular problem. And I think for Sonny, for Mike, our brother partner, for Israel, our staff, Patel and Nisha, it's very much the same. We That special operations model is a self-forming team. It tries not, there is a hierarchy, but it tries to be, avoid strict hierarchy because every problem is unique. And the thing that I think Sonny and I have continued to learn and settle on is, lanes in the road, ensuring that, like you said, everybody's got a hole and you try to have someone else cover your hole. And it's the same. And where I have a strength, she gives me lead. And there's so much of this space that her depth of expertise and strength is far beyond mine. And I comfortably float to the back. I think the key is being aware of what the other person is doing without necessarily feeling like you have to dominate the decision space. So I, I totally equate it. It's very comfortable to me for being, whether it's combat situation or a a good engagement with a partner force and a whatever it's small team that you trust solving problems, but then you're just putting the right person in front of the problem, depending upon their skill set. I think even calling it a commander, I'm going to keep that just for my own. I didn't just for say myself. that. 
Oh, you I did. did. Commander. Oh, I did you not. said you said Jordan is the commander in the shorter space. Yeah, no, you did. You did, and this is recorded, so I'll, I'll make sure that I'll make sure. I appreciate that. that. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you before you backtrack on your comment, which you can't now, it's recorded. <laughs> I think I, I have a nickname for Jordan's the Chris Voss of Airbnb negotiation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, he. It's really, I need to start recording some of these conversations, but if we get a bad review and it's not a, if it's something that's not deserved, we're, it's going to get, it's going to get removed. Like Jordan is. That's actually interesting because that's about understanding the nuances of Airbnb policy, like understanding it in detail and the, both the spirit and the intent of the policy and being able to come in a respectful way and deliver essentially an argument. If there's an argument to be had and they don't always come out our way, but I think everything in this space, it's not about cutting corners. It's about understanding where the corners are and taking them very sharply. And you can only do that if you're really a student of whatever the regulations, the policies, or restrictions. It's the same as knowing your local ordinances for investing in Airbnb property or short-term rental based on when it, it could or couldn't be advantageous based on restrictions that minimum days stay or it or isn't authorized. And it's just becoming a student of your discipline, which... To, to me, that was bread and butter in the military is understanding the, the regulations and then finding the most expedient route, legally, morally, and ethically to your mission. And that, that's what the Airbnb negotiation is about. That's, it's just really cool. How, it's really cool how you've been able to, I don't think most people would equate like interrogating or negotiating as a special force member, force, special forces member overseas and national security stuff too that directly translating into Airbnb, but okay, it is, you're diffusing a situation, right? Um, yeah. someone's on vacation. De-escalation is almost, is always the goal. It, yeah, if it goes to escalation, then you, that's generally speaking, not what you're going to do. That being said, if it happens, of course, you should be certain in the outcome. And I think it's similar here. So talk, so actually on, on that, like talk about a problem that you guys may have had like recently where you guys, you and Sonny, because oh, I, I got that. There's definitely questions that we, He's going to draw it. He's, he's, no, there are things that Liz and I, we disagree on. Like, we'll underwrite a property and then the numbers are the numbers, but then obviously there's areas of disagreement and we try to resolve that. So I'm curious, you guys are married 20 years. We've been married seven, but you guys have, but we were trained differently. You guys were trained in a similar vein and a sim, like, somewhat similar background, professional background before short-term rentals. Like, so Jordan, tell us about the situation and how did you escalate it, de-escalate it? And what was the outcome? The one hey, I remember this is recorded and you have to, yeah. oh, you, you, me, and Sonny, we, you and Sonny have to have a dinner tonight too. So the, yeah. don't worry, Sorry. this us agreeing and disagreeing is nothing. One, one of the thing, one of our ground rules for that though, by the way, is just, we carry this over from our relationship, but it applies in both a team and business, which is having ground rules for how you fight. And for us, I, I think our rule of thumb is to, when you're passionate about something, you bring it, you really do convey your point. And you put it on the table, but then once we as a team agree on what's going to happen or the person that was in the lead of the situation made the call, then everyone's got to put that baggage behind and now it's about making it happen. And that sort of ethic is behind a lot of our engagement. And in this particular one, Sunny made a lot of, I think she made decisions that would have probably been better suited if she would have, rather than making the call in the moment, she came back to a team setting and we roundtabled it, did a little brainstorming. But her read of the situation, it had to be faster. And what I'm thinking about is the Indian Rocks Beach property. Most notably to me, it's this is a property that we ha- that we are managing for an investor that we work with for some time. They invested in a beach that's about an hour and a half from where we live. Our model is very hands-on. Like we are 
we have portals and automation, but ultimately our owners and our guests get a touch with us and we are there. It's that idea of like boots on the ground. It's what we brought, but you have to be within range. Proximity matters. You need to know the local ordinances. You need to know the systems. You need to know the vendors. You need to have the cleaning staff and all those things were just not, we hadn't grooved it out like we had Tampa, but she represented them in the purchase of the home and it was a significant investment. She was invested with them. She had a long-term relationship with them as well as the, the wife of the partner investors, also partner partnering in their business. So there was a lot of relationship there. There was a lot of background there. But in my mind, it was just a bad fit for us. It was a bad call. But she was there. She saw it. She called the shot. And I think at the end of the day, all I at that particular time, there wasn't an opportunity to go back and hot wash and AAR. The decision was made. It was done. And ultimately, it's a good decision. It just stretches us. So I think two things happened. One is I just had to acknowledge the fact that she made the call. Now it's time to support. And the other is, I think I probably had to recognize the fact that I tend to fall into a comfort zone pretty quickly. And Sunny has a tendency to push me out of that. The arbitrage was a perfect example. She found that opportunity. I may or may not have been so comfortable with it. She pushed me. So I find, regardless of my initial impression, and I actually still think I'm right, I think that was probably not a good move. Anytime she presses me out of our, my comfort zone, I grow. I think the team grows and we learn. And there's something to be said for an uncomfortable move that allows you to learn a new space, a new component that immerses you more. And in that particular time, it was like, it was almost like learning a new language. Everything was totally different in that town. There was a lot we had to crash on to learn and get going. So I just made us, it made us better. But uh, for the record, I don't think we should have, I don't think we should be there. She may share that now. If I could, could, sorry, just interject. Okay. It's. I think to your point, right? We work as a team together. You have to, you set ground rules on how you make common decisions. And I think ultimately, whether it's a team or a marriage or anything, like you really do have to, like we approach it slightly differently, but you have to like really get behind each other's decisions. And I think that's where yeah. we have a rule where we're like, we don't carry fights the next day. So it's, we're going to like, basically going to fix it before we go to bed or like before we fall asleep. Cause like, you just don't want things to carry over. I think a similar vein, let's just get behind a decision like fast. You don't, this is not going to drag on. Whether, and then like, whether you agree or disagree, I think there's a little bit of the then, and then you look two, three years down the line and you're like, I, th- I think you actually have a different decision. You, you, you might come to a different decision. I just think of certain things that like Liz pushed. And I feel like the wives pushed the men out of the comfort zone. This isn't the first conversation, actually. It's for me too. Like I had this, ah, just like finance background, had this resume, whatever. And then she pushed me to do something else. And I, I was very resistant in the beginning. I was like, no, no, just. This doesn't work because of A, B, C, and D. And then I was right. And then three years later, I'm like, oh, okay, I think she was right. So, <laughs> so I think there is like a t- there, there's like a time scale thing, right? Like it might be like, may not have been a best decision actually six months, a year, right? But then you, okay, then it's a team. Then it's, okay, we're going to like work together and fix this. So we're going to work together and make it better. And then three years down the line, and, okay, it was the right decision. But I think a lot of it's just a little bit of luck, but also the team too. Because like we had to work together to, okay, we made this decision. We're going to make the best out of it. And then mm-hmm. if the team isn't right, then I don't think that, I don't, then, three years later, it might not have been the right decision. So I think it's a new kind of nuanced way of thinking about it. Like you, you, maybe at that point in time, it may or may not have been right. But if you have the right team, the right process, uh, you make it work. But let me yeah, turn I, it over to Sunny here. Before. Let me turn it over to, Jordan, let me turn it over to Sunny here. I think she has something to say. I, I was going to say, I'm definitely the gas and Jordan is the brakes. And that it's, it, it always is a constant, let's do this. And I, even yesterday, I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And Jordan said, why don't we finish the 10 other things that we've already started before we do something else? And 
Of course, I didn't like that. I start to itch when someone tells me no, but there was some truth to that. And going back to any decision, what I, one of the many things I enjoy about working with Jordan and being married to him is if I make a bad decision today and we, but we make it together, it's not, he's not going to turn around and say, I told you so we're in it together. And to have that type of business support, it's priceless because you do have to take risks in business. You have to take those uncomfortable. If you're comfortable doing what you're doing, you're not growing. If you're not growing, you're dying. So it's that constant, yeah, I'm the gas, he's the brakes. But at the end of the day, he's got my back and the same with me. I've got his back. And there's definitely some comfort to that. And if everything goes, the economy, something catastrophic happens, you still have your marriage. Like you, that's, there's, yeah, it's been really cool to do this with my best friend and my husband. He is arguably smarter than me. (laughs) <laughs> which I'm perfectly okay with, but it's been cool. It's been a cool journey. Some days are better than others. Some days I'm like, oh my God, stop asking questions. Just do it. But it's to have that, to have someone to truly have your back is priceless. Yeah. And, no, it's a great way to, it's a great way to frame this um, before we move on to the next topic. It's, I think as a marriage, a good marriage, not all marriages are, are good. Let's, let's, let's be honest about it. Like having, I, I think that's where there are a lot of couples in short-term rentals and real estate broadly. I think one is it's just easier to work with your, it's easy to work with your spouse. There's tax advantages. You don't like, you need to have an operating agreement. Or maybe you do. <laughs> I don't know. Most people don't. And it's just easier to, okay, we're all just going to row in the same direction and we don't need to figure out what the split is, right? Or the capital contribution or profit share or work. Like the way listen, I think about it is it's never like 50%, 50%. It's hundred percent mine, hundred percent yours. Like we both own all of it. So if we screw up, then it's, we both own that like F up versus, oh, this is your fault. I don't think we want to look at it that way because then you waste energy on like attribution of whose fault it is versus, okay, what was the process that was wrong? And then let's fix that. But I think that's, that it's just like a broader topic about building business and building, I think fundamentally building net worth that you can pass on to your children. What is the biggest destroyer of value? It is divorce, actually. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that like are super successful, like Jeff Bezos, for example, right? Like he's still super rich, but you lose half your money and then you have to go do like divorce and lawyers and your, if you have children, it's like, it's just a mess. And it's just such a terrible way to work super hard at something in life and then lose a lot of value. And so if you can keep your and that's something actually, as I continue to, we develop this business together, like the marriage part is so important, right? Like it, it's such a fundamental way to keep what you, like we all try to like to optimize for tax and all that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, Uncle Sam gets like half or a third, but someone else can get half too. So like you really, if you can get that right, it, everything works well from there, right? Like you have a happy home life. It manifests to your business and just like general happiness and I really, that's why I always love talking to other couples that have started an Airbnb business together. I think it's just such an interesting to, to hear people's journeys. But just before I want to move on to the next topic on service, like coming from the military community, has that helped you in your business in growing your business? Sonny, Sonny Jordan, whoever wants to take this. Absolutely. The military teaches a number of things. I think <clears throat> that for me, it's been twofold and that's going back to and I, I know it sounds trite, but like failure is just, it's not going to happen. If it does, if we fall, that's fine. We're going to fix it. But for me, it's in growing biz- the business. I, I don't even know if this is in growing the business, but it's been for me perspective. 
of the big picture. And that goes back to one being married. And at the end of the day, you have your marriage, but also the perspective of, you know, each day, every day we're given problems. We're given little fires we have to put out. And I always go back to uh, when I worked in my last year in the military, I worked in the killed in action and wounded in action cells in DC. And one of my jobs in the beginning was I would have to call family members whose soldier was wounded. And so let's say Jordan was out in Iraq and I was out grocery shopping. And if he was wounded, you could possibly get a call. So these calls are coming out of the blue. And I remember, and I, one of my biggest regrets is not keeping the name of the wife I called, but you're given a script and I was going through it and her husband had lost both legs and I was got halfway through it and I could hear her just crumble to the ground. Understandably. So I told her her husband lost her leg and I remember telling her, ma'am, I'm not done because I hadn't got to the second half that he also, he lost both legs. So I'm changing this woman's life forever. This phone call, young captain in DC, changing her life forever. And that phone conversation, again, I wish I had known who that was. I wish I know where they were. Like what we're dealing with in the business and the guest complications and the sales side, at the end of the day, we have our health and we have our marriage. And that has really helped me keep things in perspective because yes, we, our business is important to us. It's super important to us. These issues that we come up in our day-to-day life, it's solvable. We can fix them or we don't, we, we still have, we still have our health. So for me, the military took the training and the West Point journey, which is a whole other podcast. I've got, I got some baggage from that, but it's, the not, I'm not going to fail. That's just not going to happen. And if I do, it's just a minor failure. I'm going to get up and fix it. And perspective that's helped me with my real estate journey in the short term rental space and, of course, sales. Yeah. Th- thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It really puts things in perspective. Broken HVAC, or you can't, you mm-hmm. know, get into the lock for, you can't get in the house for 10 minutes because the code is wrong. And they're out, the people out there risking their lives to protect the country. And it's, it's, it's it, and people, and other people just put their lives at risk to be greater than providing vacation. <laughs> so I think it's great to be able to share that perspective and being able to de-escalate problems, right? Where you're like, oh my God, hey, calm down. It's going to be okay. Hey, yeah. we're sorry that this happened. We'll send a cleaner there. We'll we'll fix it. Like those are fixable problems. Losing your legs is a much longer journey. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's health is such a, and as we're all, I'm 40s are kind of getting, we're all getting older or some of us are getting older. You're not just me and Jordan. Are, it's like it's, it, health is such a, sorry, Jordan, I mean to throw you in there. Uh, <laughs> He's used to being thrown under the bus. <laughs> I live No, but it's, it, it, as we wrap up the conversation, it's just like health too, right? I think that's the, one of the biggest things that uh, affect or enjoy the fruits of your business and of everything that you've accomplished, right? It's like having good mental, good physical health, good mental health. I think people talk, don't talk about that enough. Good mental health, right? I can do all, you can be like super wealthy or whatever, have everything. But if you can't mentally or physically enjoy it, what is it? What does it really, it doesn't really matter. So it's, it, it's just all about a balance, right? Like I think the conversation here is just like balancing like marriage and business and life goals. There's just so much to balance and, and build a short-term rental business. Like we didn't <laughs> feel like we didn't even barely hit that topic. It's 
but you guys have 30, you guys have 30 units, right? You guys have six that you, you're managing yourselves and you haven't even doing this for a few years. So kudos to you guys on building this fantastic machine together. And but and, and we were talking and as we wrap up the conversation, the so Red Sash is the cadet in the Red Sash. When you go to West Point, you, the first day you report, you are thrown to the wolves and you report to the cadet in the Red Sash. Um, Jordan, you can jump in if you want, because I'm always... Uh, it's, it's a bit of a badge of honor and leadership. And there's... Standards, you, high standards. When you progress through the West Point as a... The difference between being a freshman, a sophomore, junior, and a senior is also a rank progression and a responsibility progression. And as they are developing cadets to positions of leadership and molding them to become lieutenants in the Army, that position, that one of those key positions is is a red... It's literally a red sash they wear in uniform. And it's part of the initial blast that a new cadet experiences. And it's like walking into basic training from hell, a very different college experience, but it's one of those visual images that's burned in the cadet's brain is that cadet, the red sash. And then at some point achieving that. So what it really, to me, that badge of honor, leadership, and that sort of singular visual image. And then ultimately for, if you talk to anybody from West Point, you mentioned the red sash and it's yeah the cadet you know, red sash yeah it's, I still well, I don't remember that day when I reported to because you wiped that from your memory but <laughs> yeah it's the cadet and the red sash and then as a senior or a firsties what we're called you're issued a red sash and it it's it just signifies a lot it, 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 your journey of getting there of, of excellence and standard and ethical behavior so it's just everything we want our company to be made are known for and if you that's a whole other topic we i always try to behave in such a manner where my my daughter's behind me watching me because that's where it's all that's what it's all about is your family right and raising your child ethics and standards to us are to say it's important is an understatement Can, can i make a brief comment on that of course. So, so one of the things about this working together with Sunny that I didn't anticipate, but I love is our daughter, Skyla. And Sunny, I've always felt has been a great role model for her to be able to see her as a mother, as a professional, as a friend, as a daughter, and just the, the normal learning that a child has and seeing the way her parents interact. But in this particular case, what I, I love to see is she's, our daughter saw her mom get her master's degree. She saw her mom start a business. She saw her mom open a brokerage. She sees her mom professionally engaged at a very, I think, a very sophisticated level. She sees her interacting with me, with a man um, that can be a very aggressive man and sees her hold her own, but in a way that's still herself, her own personality, that's her own unique energy. So the I like the points that he made about the example that we both have a chance to set good and bad. And also from a time management example, the other thing that you stand to lose is lust just pouring yourself in wholeheartedly and then you lose sight of the time of the family and balance, like you said, balance. But that point of example, I, that's a really exciting component to me of what you get with the family business or you have the opportunity to have it. And it, it just keeps us focused on why we do this. As you said, the, the idea of a generational wealth, potentially, if that's the future that she wants, at the very least, we have something to offer. And if she chooses a different path, then she's like her mom. Yeah, that is, it, yeah, and that's a great way. It's, I think it's a great way to frame it. It's the value, and I think that's a great part of working with small businesses too. It's it's really the person, right? It's like a big company. It's a brand. Like it's fine. Brands represent something. But you as a person, Red Sash represents. 
but it represents you versus like Coca-Cola. That's something else, right? Like it's like the values that you guys instill in yourselves that you guys have learned and then in your children and your business. And I'm sure that's a huge part in how you guys have grown so fast and so successfully. And I look forward to your, as you guys grow out in Indian Rocks Beach and your 30 (laughs) units there and revisiting this conversation later on and how it was such a... How was it? How was an amazing decision? I'm going to give this question. <laughs> I'm going to give this question to Sunny. My, my traditional closing question: This is business like the military. Everything else is a team sport. Is there something that you can point to and experience a person that was incredibly kind to you in this journey that's helped you to get you to where you are? Since you started in 0607, right? I was like right before another a fairly big crash in the real estate market. Oh goodness, that's such a tough question. Oh, hey, I can't. There's been so many people that have helped me and molded me as far as I can't, I'm, I, I don't know. Jordan, can you help me out here? Yeah. From my observation, so- there's, there's one that I think stands out. And that was when we were, we, our last assignment was here at Tampa and we oh, were pretty certain. Yes. Okay. I know who it is. Thank you. Thank Go for you, it. Jordan. Go. John Tomlin. He is the uh, owner of Tomlin St. Cyr. He's owner broker and he gave me the opportunity. He supported me in such a way. It gave me an opportunity to leave my regular paying job and start real estate. I'm no longer with that brokerage and it broke my heart to leave, but he is just the kindest, smartest man that I, he's just amazing. And without him, I don't think we, Jordan and I would be sitting here today. He, yeah, he's just I don't want to ever let him down. When I did leave the brokerage, I know I let him down and that was heartbreaking. But he, yeah, I would walk through traffic for that man. And I aspire to be like him, his reputation, his success. He's just a good man. He's a really good man. Shout out to John for, John Tom- shout out to John Tomlin for, and I'm sorry, John, journey. for not having that at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> you said some very kind things about him and you can, when this publishes, you can shoot over to him and, you know, I'm sure he'll be very proud of the work that, that you and Jordan have done and, and will do. I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. It's been, it was great to hear. It's such a, it felt like a very emotional conversation, but I think that's what it is. Like when you're working with your spouse and working with a lot of people it's like their primary investment right it's like their home and their second home it's like their nest egg it's their baby it's what's going to fund their retirement it's what's going to put their kids to school so it's a really important obligation and responsibility that you know that you have managing your properties and to see the amount of success that you guys have had i'm a fan and i'll continue to support you guys and look forward to progress in the the indian rocks report i I, I want to see that report in 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 18 months and and see how that goes (laughs) thanks, thanks for having us we had a blast